0: Hey, we are back in the football shed. My name's John Hewitt, and Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. And Jeff King is not here, hence the no start of song. So that completely like... threw me, John. I know. I'm, I'm, <laughs> it's really I'm weird. All out of sync. Um, well, we should discuss why Jeff's not here. Because Jeff King's not here because he has a work function, which we all have jobs and work things we have to do, and families stuff we can't get out of, and that's hard in life, and you have to do those things. So Jeff messaged us this early in the week, he's like, oh, I can't make shed, got a work thing Wednesday night. So we say, oh, can you get out of it, phone in sick, or cancel it, or whatever? I organised it. <laughs> Jeff, you're a fucking idiot. You organised it on shed night. It's true. So Jeff's not here, so there is no song, so we might make up, we might play the drums that are in the corner. Um, but we are the Football Shed, we're here each week, um, we're usually three English blokes, we're just two today live in Melbourne and we like talking about football. We record in Jeff's shed, hence the name Football Shed. We are still in Jeff's shed, so it's a bit weird being in his house without him here. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, if you enjoy it, give us a review, subscribe, tell your mates. Um, if you want to get in contact, shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. If you want to write us a jingle so that we don't need <laughs> Jeff here, that'd be great. Send it through via email. And you can find us on social media. Just search Football Shed on Facebook or Instagram. And now every week we start with a question, Rog. And Rog, I think you're going to win this week because there's only you here. Okay. Well, I usually win anyway. But this week's question is kind of topical for something that's happened this week. How many clubs has Kevin Prince Boateng played for?
1: Wow. Um, Well, he's definitely a journeyman. I'm going to go quite a lot. I'm going to go 15 clubs.
0: He's played for 10. So close. But he started at Hertha played for Spurs uh, Portsmouth was in there yep. at some point remember that uh, Milan Dortmund, that Milan again Las Palmas Eintracht Frankfurt Sosolo and now Barcelona now is this the weirdest signing of all time
1: uh, it's up there it's bizarre mm. it's like I Barcelona um, signing Paulinho last season from China was quite yeah. weird so maybe they <laughs> thought well that was a bit weird we'll, but bit kind of work. we'll try and do something uh, even more off the yeah. wall Um, I've read various justifications about why they've signed him. Yeah.
0: Um, I just, I don't get it. I don't think he's very good. No, he's not very good. And he kind of plays in lots of positions. He can play centre mid, he can play forward, he's big, but he doesn't really have a distinct role. Like, I think the only thing that I can think of is that Champions League, he's not cup tied, so they can play him. And he's awkward in like big games, he can come on and be a bit of a bulky guy. He can get involved and he'll get stuck in.
1: Well, but he doesn't. He's a bit flash. Like, yeah. like, I mean, I think they've, they've um, essentially signed him to give Suarez a chop out because Suarez is getting on now and they they recognise they don't have any striking support. Um, I think you're right about the Champions League side of things, but I think they also want someone that could come in on loan, is going to be relatively low cost, and... Um, and they just want a stopgap and he's also going to be happy to sit on the bench and not oh. rock, not rock the boat. Yeah, he'll just so, be over the moon playing for Barcelona. So he probably ticks all those boxes yeah. but he had a good start to the season, um, scored a few goals but hasn't been so good lately yeah. and I've just, I mean I've always been a bit underwhelmed by him. He's the kind of player who wears uh, bright red boots yeah. or <laughs> whatever, whatever colour it is, yeah. bright And, you know, does a couple of step-overs and thinks they're a world beater, but then misses from three yards. Like, I just... Maybe he'll um, go to Barcelona and look like a genius. But, I mean, and they've got... You know, Dembele's really kicked on in recent weeks. But they haven't got much squad depth, have they?
0: They haven't, like, once you lose one or two players, like, if Messi gets injured or Suarez gets injured, they're struggling. Yeah. So... uh... But if you're Barcelona... Surely, there's a better option out
1: there than Kevin Prince Boateng.
0: Yeah, I'm sure G. Rod would have probably gone. Yeah, I'll do that.
1: But my initial reaction was, this is like it's not April, but like yeah. it's some kind of
0: joke yeah. like, what, what, is, what is happening someone's and having a laugh somewhere. apparently he's like as a kid was a Real Madrid fan and he's come out yeah and I saw then, that like oh yeah. I love Real Madrid I want to play for Real Madrid and now he's at Barcelona so and saying, forget about that that was yeah. in the past <laughs> that, now I love Barcelona
1: yes. yeah anyway all, best of luck to him but it, it is a, definitely
0: one of the more bizarre signings of recent yeah. memory Um whilst we're on signings I f- want to go through a few transfers that have happened my favourite bizarre one is actually Cole going to Derby Age 38? 38. From LA Galaxy. He's been at LA Galaxy for the last two or three years. Um, and done okay as a 38-year-old fullback. But uh, Frank Lampard, who's now coach at Derby, is just gone, oh, do you want to come and play for six months? And he said, yes. Everyone's saying it's a great signing. Oh, he's experienced. It's not a great signing. <laughs> like, the championship's really hard. And yes, Derby have a young side t- side, so experience is good. But I just don't get it. They've got a bit of a funny
1: mix because they've got a lot of young players like, uh, you know, Harry Wilson's um, smashing it on loan from Liverpool. Yeah. They've got Mason Mount. They've got, you know, they've got a few young players and then they haven't got a lot in the middle and then they've got some really old guys yeah. like Keo's still getting around his, you know, He's like his 30s and um, they've got yeah, a really old experience and then, you know, 20-year-olds. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's...
0: Frank's uh and, like they are they are just in the playoffs and I guess it's about getting across that line into the playoffs. I don't think they're going to get top two. Um, you can see why he's
1: done it, I suppose, yeah. in terms of bringing an experienced head. Yeah. And you know, I, I don't know how much
0: he's going to play, but um, yeah. and he might be. It might be a kind of start coaching type thing. Like he might start coaching for him and stuff. Um, on a bit sadder news with transfers, Emily I can't say his name. Emily. Emiliano 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 Salah Salah signed for Cardiff this week I don't know if anyone's heard but if you've missed it he was flying from North in France to Cardiff to sign and his plane has gone missing overnight Um, it's about 24 hours ago now and they haven't found anything so just mega sad Um, I've got really nothing else to say on it but But it's it's just tragic like you know
1: you've just completed your dream Move to, to the Premier, Premier League. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, he's an interesting guy. He's been playing in France for a couple of years. He's the second, was the second top goal scorer in France. Yeah. Uh, I think he's got scored twelve goals or something this year. Um, got a big move to Cardiff, um, you know, Premier League, and and then so, something like this happens. And it, it, it's, you know, it's you don't want to see these things happening to anybody. But I mean, from a yeah, from, from a footballing sense, um, you know, I think Cardiff and non to be yeah, yes, gutted. Like and um,
0: apparently it came out today that he called his dad um, from the plane. And he called his dad about an hour and a half before the plane went missing, saying there's something wrong, we don't know what's happening, I'm oh, petrified. Okay. And um, yeah, and it's just It's oh, horrible. awful. Yeah. yeah, it's gross. So let's move on from bad news to the football. Um, do you have anything other than transfers before we move off transfers?
1: Um, only that a friend of the shed... Omar, no locker, niase, <laughs> might be seen on a football pitch yes. near you again somewhere. Yep. He's also gone to Cardiff. And yep. So he might actually get a game. Might actually get a game. Uh, I don't know what to expect from him, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to seeing him running around again because whatever he does, he looks happy when he's doing it. So
0: I think he might be the perfect Neil Warnock kind of player. I think Neil Warnock will just go, You're the best player in the world, just run around lots and try and score, and he will. Um, it's not worked for Bobby Reid at Cardiff, X. Ex- no um Bristol City Well I
1: mean it, I think Bobby reed was a big gamble to be honest because mm. he um he'd been a midfielder uh he's 26 he'd been mm. always played midfield goal scoring midfielder last year the city coach uh decided to give him a go up front just made a decision in pre-season yep. you know scored 20 plus goals in the championship which if you do inevitably the people pr- start Premier looking yeah. take notice but I mean, you haven't exactly got a proven goal scoring record there so is it an anomaly yeah. or or has he just found some form and uh, he works so hard and he's done that for for Cardiff like I think he I don't think he's necessarily had a bad season, but he's just not a natural goal scorer no and um, when you go up a level to try and put the yeah. ball in the
0: net isn't that much harder so. and
1: at the end of the day, I think the most important thing as a as a promoted team or a team fighting relegation, it's that person who can get you the goals. Inevitably, the teams fighting relegation that have that guy are usually the ones that stay up.
0: Yeah. Um, So, let's move on to last week's Premier League. Arsenal beat Chelsea 2-0 in the London Derby. Um, I've got to say, I didn't see this coming at all. Like Arsenal have been a bit shaky the last few weeks. I was just like, Chelsea, they've had their ups and downs, but they seem pretty set on what they're doing they seem to have a bit of a plan they've also been a bit rocky recently but I just couldn't see Arsenal overrunning Chelsea now they came out with a different formation they played a diamond in midfield um so they played four four two with Ramsey as a number 10 and the classic if you're playing Chelsea stick someone on Jorginho and Ramsey just sat on Jorginho game over for Chelsea and what did you think of um
1: Sarri's Sort of rant after the games, he came out really, really strongly
0: after this one. He said all the players were difficult to motivate, um, and he made a point of talking in Italian because he wanted to get his message right, he didn't want to, which is the first time he's done that this season, yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Sari and I've been a big fan of him on the podcast. I've said that I like what he's doing, I'm not sure that's the best plan for the play, bunch of players he's got who are known to be a bit flaky. Do you know who else did that? It's Conte. Yeah. And, and then they then just... It all went yeah. Hell, yeah, and it went downhill under Mourinho as well. And in, the majority of the core of those players are the same group of players. My problem with what Sari's doing is the amount of players he's playing in odd positions. Like, Conte is probably the best defensive midfielder on the planet. Mm-hmm. And he's won the league with Leicester. He's won it with Chelsea. He's won the World Cup with France. And now he's being asked to be a kind of attacking link midfielder. He can do it, but he looks like a mid-table player doing it because he's not that player. So he can do it for Chelsea, but he should be a defensive midfielder. Is it Sari's fault
1: though? Now I, I, I wanted to talk about this week and it's. I, I was really annoyed watching this game mm. um, and, and I have been watching Chelsea in recent weeks I think we talked about it earlier on in, in this year that Chelsea were overachieving Sarri yeah. hadn't had very long with the team but already they were, they were doing good things I think a little bit of that was Hazard came out of the World Cup having been one of the best players at the World Cup and carried that form into the start of the season and, and was brilliant yeah. and they were winning some games um, but there is something that is not right. And I, I was really annoyed thinking about it because I, I agree with you about Kante. I think um, there should be some flexibility there. Now, is that on the manager or is that on the decision of the club to appoint a manager who they know wants to play in a particular way and that doesn't fit with one of your best players? Probably your best player. Yeah, with the whole or,
0: squad, really.
1: the whole squ- And the other thing is, is Hazard. Um, now, watching Hazard in the last few weeks, he's been asked to play um, as a false nine up front on his own. And he's been doing it, but he's been doing it looking more and more sulky. He's even come um, out and said, I don't enjoy it, doing but, this. And I think you are... The way that Chelsea are playing with Hazard and Kante, you are limiting the the effectiveness of two of the best players in the Premier League. Probably two of the best players in the world. And they're two best players. And their two best players. Now, if you even just saying that statement to me it just doesn't make sense. No. It just seems stupid. Yeah. But then Chelsea knew that when they appointed Sari, that he has a very, very particular way of playing. Now, I think there's a, there's a slightly interesting part to this as well, which is that Chelsea at the moment don't have a director of football. No, Emil,
0: Michael Emanalo left for
1: Monaco, I think. Yeah, la, la, start of last season. Yeah. Um, he'd been in the role for nearly 10 years. Yeah. Um, So at the moment, they've got a fill-in who is uh, Marina uh, Granovskaya, who is essentially uh, mates with Abramovich. Yes. Doesn't necessarily have any footballing experience there. She's been with Abramovich for the journey, um, but has been looking to appoint a director of football. Now we've talked about it recently, we talked about it last week with Man United and in terms of having a plan. Mm. And teams having a plan and you know, you're know, you hoping that Man United don't just make a decision on the fly with Solskjaer yeah. because it should be based around where you're going as a club and you know, strategy and the way you play. And that's yeah. what teams are doing. And we talk about United being the only mm. club without a director of football, but Chelsea also don't. And I wonder, they appointed Sari. And it's kind of like they said to Sarri, mm, you can have one big signing, You, can have one you know, who's, yeah. who's your man? And yeah. he's like, well, you know, Jorginho's yeah. my man. But they haven't, he hasn't built, got a squad built around the way that he plays. They haven't gone out and signed other players. Mm. So you've got a lot of um,
0: players that don't really fit. And it's weird, like when they signed Pulisic recently, and he doesn't obviously come until next season. But when Saria was asked about it, he's like, oh yeah, I don't have much of a say over that. And he doesn't, he's kind of very kind of standoffish when it comes to transfers. Now, I don't know whether he's standing off in a kind of frustrated way going, I want an input. So he's saying it, I'm not getting an input. Or whether that's just the way he works. And yeah, you're right. He needs to have, I I, I always think. I think he wants a director of football. From what I read, he wants
1: to work in a structure where there is a director of football. Mm -hmm. And I think his frustration is that there isn't one. So at the moment, Chelsea don't, have a clear transfer strategy. Yeah. But you can't tell me it's a good thing that Hazard is like... Have him on, on the left, being able to cut in on his right foot, have the game in front of him. He's brilliant.
0: And he's been awesome all season until the last five or six weeks yes. when he's has playing
1: false nine. I, I just don't... I watched the game and it really frustrated me seeing him in that role. Probably more than Kante. You don't notice it as much with Kante because he still runs around so much and does his thing. Yeah. But his effectiveness is equally reduced because you're not... You usually get two players for one with yeah, Kante yeah. when he's playing at the base of your midfield, whereas if you got him trying to run both ways, you don't get yeah. that. So
0: and I think... That I, I always think managers need two seasons, especially if they've come from a new league to the Premier League. So like Pep in his first year, and I've said this before, Pep didn't do brilliantly in his first year at Man City and they scraped into the top four second year, ran away with the league. Um... Well, at the start of that second year, he bought three fullbacks. He just went, okay, my team's not quite right. I need three of these. I need great fullbacks. And he bought three and that changed it. So I still think Sarri's got time to make it right. What I struggle with, the fact that he's come out and said the lack of motivation is finding it hard to motivate his players. That's partly his job but also he's got a lot of players in that squad that i think would be motivated. He's playing the same team week after week after week. He's yeah. not changing out of the t- every game he starts Kovacic and then after 65 minutes goes oh Ross Barkley and, and Pedro's th- playing every week and there's no and Willian on the left. You've got Loftus-Cheek who's young and Chelsea through and through would love to play. You've got the whole Hudson-Adoy scenario where he might leave like throw a few of the young guys in and change it up a little bit. Uh, David Luiz. Yeah. Do you think David Luiz is better in a
1: two or a three? Three. Do you think that as a Pugoleta, is better in playing right back or in a three? In a three. What happened to Victor Moses? He was brilliant as a right wing back. I. So the. I, I've been thinking about this a lot and I can't decide. <laughs> I'm sort of on the fence. And I'm like, Is this the manager's fault and should the manager be more pragmatic and flexible. I think a, a good manager would look at the players that he's got and maybe say, well, I like to play this way but it's not suited to my team and change it. So that part of me says, sorry. But then another part is says to me, well, it's Chelsea's, the Chelsea hierarchy's fault because they knew exactly what they were getting. This guy has only ever coached one way and he was able to build a Napoli team up over a mm. you know, few seasons and they played amazing football. But it took time and um, it, so is it their fault for you know for getting somebody in like that? I think
0: it's partly their fault in the fact that they haven't got a, a director of football in place to make it work. Um, I do think Sari can make Chelsea really good if he's given in the next 18 months. But I just feel like he might be get, butting heads with the owners right now. And I don't know whether he's actually going to get that 18 months. And if I was sorry look at it... and. It's obvious. The rest of the Premier League's just looked at Chelsea and gone, "Well, just stand on Jorginho you, Yeah, you, and it's real simple. Everyone's got it. Everyone knows what to so do. So you change it. So what exactly? Wouldn't you go? Well, we have got to change it up. We got to sweep what we're doing and change it a bit and play someone else in there. Danny Drinkwater's still at the game at uh, the club. Give him a game. Try it out. Give someone who's hungry. Because yeah. also, if you play the same twelve players in rotation, they just kind of lose enthusiasm stage. if you yeah. know oh, this is how we're going to play and this is what we're going to do and it's not going to quite work we might get a win Hazard might do something special it becomes boring to play in so... um, and we look at um, I, I look at Liverpool in
1: terms of clubs that are playing the best brand of football in the Premier League at the moment you look at Liverpool you look at Manchester City and you look at Spurs I know Spurs have had a bit of a blip recently. Yeah, it's not really their fault. But all three of those clubs have a distinctive style of playing, but they they all rotate players through with the way that they're playing to keep them fresh, but keep the hunger there as well. We talk about Klopp wanting to bed his signings in. And they're able to bring those players in and make it more of a squad game, whereas... Surrey is literally playing the same. You're right, the same team every, every week. week. Yeah. But then
0: I do think all of those clubs have had managers in place for three or for four long years, true. And yeah. so it takes time to work it out. And the Italian league's very different to the English league, and it will take him a little time to work out. The other team involved, Arsenal, played really well. They were yeah. great, and I didn't see that coming at all. I thought they were very good. Um, Lacazette's goal was amazing, um, but I think the he's proper striker. Yeah, big... he's a proper. Striker, striker's goal yeah. um, it looked like Ian Wright scoring and um, but I think the big difference for Arsenal now is they've got Koscielny back and he's fit and he's playing well he scored a goal um, Oh, well, <laughs> off his shoulder he did but I, I reckon that is one of the best
1: off the shoulder goals <laughs> I've seen for a off while off the shoulder in the top corner like, it's great because he did the really exaggerated like head
0: movement to flick it on but yeah. completely missed it and then it spooned <laughs> off the shoulder into the corner like, yeah I did enjoy that <laughs> I think he makes a massive difference having him back because he organises defence. He's a leader. He tells them what to do. And it's suddenly... If they suddenly get holding back from injury and stuff, they're suddenly looking like they've got a bit of a defence there.
1: Yeah, and I mean, it's... Uh, Chelsea would have really skipped clear um, in fourth if they would have won that, whereas that tightens it all up. And I mean, that... Um race for fourth between Chelsea, Arsenal and Man United is 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 gonna be really an, a really
0: interesting subplot, I think, to the rest of the season. Um moving off Arsenal Chelsea, there was a couple of four threes at the weekend. Um Liverpool beat Palace 4 3 in what was kind of a ridiculous game um but Julian Speroni. Like, yeah that's Adam a man Mare. And he's thirty nine years old, hasn't played a game in two years, so you've got to let him off but,
1: and they've got no-one else to <laughs> go and go.
0: So. But Liverpool have got that from Speroni. They've got the Pickford bit of luck. Like It seems like everything's just falling their way at the moment. They're getting across the line when they need to. If they concede three, they'll score four.
1: Well, it's um, we've talked about the Man City machine a lot. And I feel like at the moment it's, the, it's also the Liverpool machine. And do you know that when I um, asked you guys a couple of weeks ago about... Pete Klopp versus Pete Pep. Yeah. And we had a discussion on that. And essentially the the crux of the argument of why we think Guardiola is superior, apart from the length of time that he's been good for and what have you, yeah. is that his teams can just steamroller teams off the park and, and, and win against all the shit teams. Liverpool this season have now played 18 games out uh, against teams outside of the top six, yeah, they've won everyone.
0: Wowzers! And because last season that was their problem. was, that was, that that was there. Well, it's always for a, yeah. for
1: such a long time Liverpool on their day have been able to beat anyone, yeah. But they they always lose away at Hull or yeah. you know like it, it, for so long it's happened. But I've, this season's different. You're right that like whether it's a defensive error or Salah coming up with a moment of genius or one of their other front front
0: three coming yeah. up with you know genius or someone Salah's goal I think has gone really underrated his like little flick round the corner so yeah. Van Dyke hits it in and it comes off the fender and balloons up in the air and he just sticks out his left foot and kind of taps it round the corner round Spironi it's a great finish. He's
1: so one-footed, though. Most, like, he could have just taken it with his right <laughs> yeah, foot true. and it would have been way easier. <laughs> yeah. But he's kind of like, yeah, twisted. Um, and and got, I agree, it was a good finish. But I, at the same time, I was like, wouldn't you just use your right? But I just think, like the, you know, without wanting to curse Liverpool, you've got to start thinking, is this their year? Because you're right, things are just rolling for them and they keep winning.
0: Like, There's a long way to go, We're halfway there. Um, but it's- Big thing right now, though, they're out of the FA Cup. So they have a 10-day break now. So they have 10 days between... Is that, that good game. or bad, though? Well, I think it's excellent because I think they've, they're losing players left, right and centre to injury. Um, Milner's suspended, um, so they need a bit of time. They're all going to Dubai, as every Premier League team yeah, does, which is it's a bit weird, weird yeah. but for a hot break or whatever. Um, and so they're going to do hot weather training there for a week. And Man City play... Burton in the League Cup tomorrow, which I think they're going to win because they're 9-0 up. <laughs> Never know. Play the third team. <laughs> Worth a flutter on Burton. Um, so yeah, but then they've got the FA Cup game before they, and then everyone plays in the Premier Tuesday. League next week. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a big thing for Liverpool is that they've got this break now to just kind of go, okay, we've got to 23 games, we're on 60 points, which is a ridiculous amount. Yeah. Let's step back. What do we need in the next few weeks? Who are we playing? They they play Man United away and Arsenal away, I think. And then everyone else at home. But they've played City twice, played Spurs twice. So they've got a decent run. So I think Klopp now has to just plan the rest of the season. I would forget about the Champions League and go, OK, what do we need to do in the next 15 games to make sure we get across the line?
1: If you were a Liverpool fan, like they... Same Real Madrid fans say it as well. Liverpool fans say they've got a special relationship with, <laughs> with Europe and the, relationship. with the European Cup. Yeah. It's mine, yeah. like they yeah. you know they, yeah. they think it is their, mm. their God given right to win the Champions League. Yeah. Um, but if you're a Liverpool fan, I think you haven't won the league since 80... 90,
0: 1990. Was it eighty nine?
1: 90. The yeah, eighty nine yeah. ninety. Yeah. Um, I would take the league if if you, if you offer, like especially be, you know with man city being so like man city are probably one of the best teams in premier league history yeah um and i i think we like it's amazing what we're seeing this year with these two teams both being so like man city just scored their 100th goal of the which, season which is ridiculous there's only been one team ever in the history of the premier league that's got to 100 goals quicker which was also Man City <laughs> uh, when uh, the water boy was there.
0: Oh, yeah. Which is yeah, funny pretty, to think yeah. that they were actually quite good yeah, when yeah. he was there.
1: But I just, you know, Man City are amazing. And yeah, Liverpool are four points clear. But my only, I, I'm always a bit of a funny one with these breaks because 10 days is quite a long time to not play a competitive game, particularly when they've come thick and fast. Mm. And Liverpool keep finding these ways to win. I think sometimes you lose that. By not playing, you lose that momentum. Yeah, because um, a lot of it is—it's an attitude thing. You know, it's just b- believing that you're yeah. going to win. And sometimes, if you just go, "No, we're not going to play for this amount of time," you can lose that. So, I—I I mean, I—I um, I, I
0: think from Klopp's experience of being in Germany, where they have a mid-season break. Uh, true. That should. Help. I think it will help. I think they need a break. I think players were just getting to that point of the red zone as they call it when they're going to get injured and stuff and I think they can now just all go pause have a proper break and get back into it yeah
1: there's definitely some there's some science to it though I just uh, Geelong my football team in the AFL AFL. as you know so a few years ago they introduced a bye system in the AFL so you've got bye in mid-season and you now have bye's uh, before the final so since that's been introduced which was several years ago Geelong have won one game I think out of 12 yeah. after a bye so whatever it is they just can't and, and I mean they, they're they winning lots of games yeah. so I should I should, yeah. I should quantify that statement by you they're know, going on great runs they're going and then, on great runs and then yeah. they just can't win after yeah. a bye so I do think that sometimes it does hurt teams but you're right Klopp's used to it the players won't necessarily be though Yeah. so I think that will be Um, who do they play next week Um, I don't know I haven't got the fixtures in front of me I can find (laughs) out for you but I'd just um, you know I'd just be intrigued to see whether it you know because one slip as well and all of a sudden it's only a point again Liverpool play
0: Leicester next Wednesday or Thursday morning our time at home yeah Um, so Dornier and Leicester they were the other 4-3 from last week so Wolves beat Leicester 4-3 in an utterly ridiculous game. Yeah. Um, it was as bad as the Liverpool Palace one like but in terms of Claude Puel is like they've been complaining that the Leicester's boring to watch. So they weren't boring to watch, but did you see him at the end with his head in his hands like yeah. he was just gutted. He when looks
1: it- like a man who knows his job's on the line. But I mean, I don't think he should be when his team's in ninth. Like of Leicester, they, they over overestimate themselves, perhaps because they have won the league and they have spent a bit of money. Mm. But you know, Leicester are in ninth. Like that's they're doing all they're right. They're in ninth, like,
0: and they had the disaster this year when the owner yeah. died. Like that could put the club into a complete mess. But he's handled it very well. He's been calm about it, and he's kind of put it. He's just kind of gone. Let's worry about the football and get focused on that and be good. They're two points off seventh. Like they're not gonna finish higher than seventh. So they're basically two points off their target. I think you just gotta leave him be, haven't you?
1: Well I the only I, I do agree and I think I think he's actually quite a good manager and I think I've but i I can see the frustration with fans because they are a bit up and down. Like they'll be great one week and beat Man City um and then you know they'll be rubbish the next yeah. week, and that's frustrating as fans mm. because you see that your team play really well, and then yeah. you start to question whether it's an effort thing, you know, because you can get up for the big games, but then you can't beat the yeah. the smaller teams. But the only other thing is, this isn't the first time with Claude, yeah. Um, in this exactly what happened at Southampton, he they finished seventh, yeah. You know, and Southampton are now battling relegation, but, um, and the fans. He put the fans on the owner's offside there, so I I think there must be something in it for it to have happened twice. Yeah, I just think he lacks charisma. He's dull he as does. fuck. Yeah. He's just dull as fuck. <laughs> but he's... I don't know if his teams are dull as fuck because like Look, I've like um we've talked about Madison a lot this year. Like, oh, I've really enjoyed watching yep. Madison play football, and he's let him. Did you see play? who
0: Poyel bought back from loan? Harvey Barnes. Yeah. And so he was at West Brom. Um, for the first half of the season. Doing really well. He scored strong. nine, got six assists in the championship. And I think he's 18, 19. Mm-hmm. Young English guy. And he started this game ahead of Madison. So Madison was on the bench and Harvey Barnes started. And he looked brilliant. Like, he's a. If Jeff was here, it'd be one to watch. <laughs> Do you know,
1: there's a few clubs as well that uh, I can't remember. I was reading about it earlier. But I think at the moment there's some good publicity about. Uh, young English players not getting a chance and finally sort of managers are taking note a bit yes. and there's actually been quite a few um, loan recalls in January from clubs going, well that guy's doing really well, I actually want to you know, bring him back. Yeah. Um, there's a guy who's been playing at Pompey, I can't remember, he's been on loan from the Championship yeah. but been doing really well at Pompey yeah. and he's been called back um, to his Championship Club yeah. and I like that It's good like that, that's, You kind of yeah. want to see that With a yeah. loan system That players can It's not just a shop window For you know They'll then get sold on Somewhere else it's proving yourself It's proving yourself yeah. And actually You know Being able to come back To your parent club And being able to get a run
0: Going back to Chelsea Like why don't they Just bring Tammy Abraham back Like he's top scorer In the championship Like the one division Below the Premier League He's the top scorer And he scores a goal Every hundred minutes they're going to spend X amount on Higuain which I think is dumb Is
1: he the answer? No We didn't talk about that No, we should have. no. But He's 31 Hasn't had a great year this year at All I can
0: say is Shevchenko-Torres Like it's dumb as fuck yeah. Don't do it
1: Shevchenko was brilliant in Serie A and then went to Chelsea just don't do it
0: don't, it's, it's a car crash waiting to happen And um, Yeah Why don't you just bring Tammy Abraham back Like he's done really well in the championship He scores goals He's a good link up player Like Give him a run And on that, it really it frustrates me that uh, and like we're seeing it with Rashford, like Man United. You get a run of games in a position, you get better. Yeah. It's real simple. Like if you get to play a few games in a row, you get better at playing that position. Especially
1: if you're a young player because you've got scope to improve. It's yeah. not like you know you're, you're not going to improve much at 32. No. but I mean some players do. But it's, it a, it's 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 an anomaly. Um, you you know if you're, whereas if you're a Rashford you know what what you need to get better is is game time yeah. and, and i mean the the other thing with the we're going about chelsea and the director of football um so who is also in control of loans yeah so okay. this Abramovich's mate has also yeah. had complete control over the the loan decisions and because they haven't had a director of football they couldn't really make a decision about the loans so they kind of just went with a bit of a scattergun approach of if someone came in for one of their players that was on loan previously they just said okay so they, <sighs> they ha- i don't think there's necessarily <laughs> been like a really targeted approach yeah. to the players they're loaning out and the players that they haven't loaned yeah. out. so again i think there's a a structural thing there that, that they've got wrong so, there were so many players on loan I, yeah, I, I like the fact that um, Leicester have um, yeah recalled Harvey Barnes. And, yeah. Um, go, but yeah, and I also agree. I think Claude's getting, getting a bad rap. <laughs> yeah. Right? I kind of. I honestly feel like every week he's on the verge of getting sacked, and he is probably if you looked it up now on um, you know a betting website he would probably be the favourite yeah, to lose no, his yeah. job.
0: Like, which is bizarre. Yeah, it's nonsense. So let's move on to what is going to be my favourite point of tonight. it's the Everton bashing moment so Jeff's not here to defend them and I don't think he would defend them from what Jeff said this week on WhatsApp but Southampton beat Everton 2-1 and I bloody love it it's so Everton are a mess they're a complete mess one of the things that I loved about Southampton is James Ward-Prowse scored a great goal Yeah, and I think he's a cracking goal he's an English player who's massively underrated and if he played in a Spain or a France he would be at a top 3 or 4 club Technically brilliant, slow as yeah, like, as no, a like yeah. But he's got all the ability in the world. Great at dead balls, um, and can pass from anywhere. So I, I really hope that he gets a decent run in the team. And last
1: time he did have a decent run in the team, he looked really good. Yeah, and he like played, for yeah. played. Um, I in this game again, running with the theme. I was screaming at the TV and, and pissed off again. Richarlison. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is he a waste of money? I don't think he ne- I, no. I don't necessarily think he is a waste of money, but I again think he's being played out of position. Now he might be. A- he's young. He might be able to be a striker in the future. But for his- for his brief Premier League career so far, he has looked a far far better player. Being run, being able to run in from the left hand side. Yeah, and run at people, facing run at people. At people. And we've looked at there are other players that have. I mean, Thierry Henry essentially made a whole career out of he started you know he was pl- as a winger but then got converted to a striker but even when he was a striker he essentially loitered out on the left wing yeah uh you know was very very quick ran in cut on his right yeah. foot put it in the in the corner robin did it on the other side robin did yeah. it on the other side yeah, yeah. um i think richardson looks really dangerous coming in from the left hand side everton have some other striking options i think their structure as a team looks way better i know jeff quite likes bernard yeah, I think he's done well but I think they gain far more from having Richarlison playing on the left and maybe having a Calvert-Lewin up yeah. front well, yeah, they've
0: than got they- Schenk Tossen or whatever and he cost 25 mil and I don't know Like, is he any good though? I think he might be good but he doesn't get a run of games going back to that thing of give him a run of games
1: him- uh, you know he's um, sticking to his guns as well Silva's playing very
0: much the same
1: team same player same in,
0: week out. he's t- dropped um, Walcott and put in Lookman, which is good. Um, but I do, like, you know I love Marco Silva. Mm. And love is unconditional. But I is think... Is he a one-trick pony? Yeah, I, well, I just wonder... It, he has to work out what he's doing now. Um, I think the fans are losing a bit of confidence in what he's doing. And you can't say, oh, Everton, they play like this. I can't tell you what they play I don't know whether they play counter-attack do they play possession football do they play a pressing game I don't really know and they have some good players in there but I don't think they have an actual structure of what they're doing and I don't think they know and that's a problem
1: I think again some of it comes down to structure of the club and there you know there, there's been a lot of flux there with managers going and also different directors of football um, they've now got um, the guy, uh, Marcel Brands, Brands was, yeah. uh, PSV. Yeah. Um, you know, good reputation from Europe or what have you. Um, but they, it's, it's another change in a, in a key role. And there aren't many players at the club that have been brought in whilst both Brands and silver have been there. Mm. So yeah. they're, I think, similar to Chelsea. They're also dealing with a lot of square pegs in round holes. And I think that's why when we look at Everton playing, we don't really know how they play. Partly it's because Silva hasn't necessarily got the players he wants there. If, if you're Everton, you need a striker, yes? Yeah. They've needed a striker since they sold the Calcu. Like, Blind Freddy could bloody say they need a striker.
0: Who do they buy? Like, where do you go Kevin as... Kevin <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, they have... There's literally zero options for someone who's in Everton position unless you have a young player coming through or you loan a young guy from a mega club. What are your options? Do you play, play? Calvert Lewin every week? You know, Calvert Lewin's crap. Like he's proper he is crap. crap yeah. yeah, he's proper crap. Although well, he's been playing I, for England. I think, but... Yeah, I think Tosson's better than uh, Calvert Lewin. Um, and yeah, do you like get a Giroud from Chelsea if he's going? I think he would work well at Evan, but it's not the future. If they need a sixty million pound striker, for example, they well, can how afford much did it. they spend on Richardson? Forty. Where do you get them? Because if they're that good, they're going to go to somewhere brilliant, and people don't gamble on like. I'd there- go after it, yeah If I was Everton, I would. Um, sorry to jump in. No, I, I think I'd,
1: I'd go after a. You know, you've backed silver in. Mm. They, they've had a, a lot of. There's been a lot of turmoil, at Everton, in, in the last you know few years. Things haven't worked. They've backed in other managers and it hasn't worked. Yeah. I, I, they'll be hesitant, right? Yeah. Because they decided that Steve Walsh was their man, and they decided that Kuman was their man, and they said, Kuman you, you know, you guys go out and sign players." They spent 100 million on five number tens, uh, and it. <laughs> so you you can see why they'll be a bit cautious. Yeah. But I I think you've got a young manager. Generally, they've got a young team. I, I think that. You go after a young, a younger striker and you just play him. You say, you're going to be our main man and you play and... And just give him a run. Give him a run.
0: And, I just... There uh, aren't that many. No, there's just not many run. out there. And but, the thing that worries me about Everton is that I can't see it changing. I don't look at their squad and go, ah, if you play this guy instead of this guy, it's going to all get better. Like, you look at Chelsea and you go, there's options. Look at Everton... And you go, ah, you can replace Walcott with Lookman. They're basically the same player. Fast, quite tricky, take people on, don't score goals. That's their job. That's what they do. And they should score goals, but they don't. Bernard is okay, a bit tricky, but he's a bit lightweight. He doesn't really do anything. Sigurdsson's pretty, but he's not going to, like, he needs players round him to do the legs. I think he's been a bit of a flop too. I just don't, like Sigurdsson was great in that
1: spell at Swansea, um, but The thing about Sigurdsson is he does some things really well, like takes a great dead ball, Mm -hmm. um, can pick a pass, but there's also about, usually about 75 minutes of a game where he's just not involved, he's a passenger, can't run both ways, doesn't get on the ball as much as you want from a ball playing number 10, Um, and they don't necessarily have many options in, in his position no they got rid of all the, oh, other, got numbers rid of all the other numbers and, but
0: Swansea the whole team was built around it yeah. he didn't have to do any running it was just stand there we'll give you the ball make something happen and you'll keep us up yeah. and he did And uh, so yeah I like I think Everton who was sat in 11th um, which is only 3 points off 7th or the top of the Everton Cup but also only 4 points off 13th and looking downwards to relegation they're not going to get relegated no but I can see them just going. I can't see them improving massively.
1: So if you were Everton, would you build your team around Sigurdsson? I think Everton are too good to build their team around Sigurdsson because I think he's got some limitations as a player. I know he cost a lot of money, but there's a reason why he didn't quite make it at Spurs. Um, and I, I don't. I think he's. If you're a, um, you know, a team battling relegation, I think he's you can he's build brilliant. a team around him and he'll keep no. you up I don't necessarily think if you're Everton they want to go from fighting for the Everton Cup to challenging the big six I don't
0: think that Sigurdsson is the player to build your team around uh, and he's getting older I, I I think you can I think you can build your team around him but you have to change your team you can't have Bernard and Sigurdsson in the same team because neither of them run like so you've got two players doing not a lot Um and Sigurdsson needs a striker that makes good runs Calvert-Lewin doesn't make good runs Richarlison just runs around and he should be a winger and St. Tosson doesn't ever play so I think if Sigurdsson had a striker Sigurdsson and Giroud played together they would play really really well I think I think they'd do really really well but I think you should build your team almost in a 4-4-1-1 and just let them do something mm. I don't think you can play the 4-2-3-1 they get overrun in midfield um Goya, Guy or Gay, or whatever his name is, has to do loads of this mop-up work, um, and it leaves Gomez just to do any of the passing. Well,
1: and, that, and that's the other difficulty in that Gomez is their other creative hub, if you like. Apart from Sigurdsson, he, he, you know, he's the player they rely on to create things, and he's on loan, and they're no certainty. He's generally been very good, um, but he's no certainty to obviously to be a permanent signing, so you'd be reluctant to become too reliant on him because Mm -hmm. he might go. But I, I think Everton have to... They should be trying to... Everton have enough good players in their team to be fighting for the Everton Cup and they sh- they they will think that they should be finishing seventh. Although I think there's an argument to say that Wolves and Leicester are a, a better team than Everton at the moment. But also build for next year and work out what is their style of football. Target what players they want to sign in the summer. Um, you know and, and
0: get make a plan. Make a plan. Yeah. yeah. Everton played Millwall in the FA Cup in the weekend coming, and then in the league next week they play Huddersfield away. Now. Huddersfield have just signed the new their new coach, whose name I can't remember, but he's the Dortmund under twenty three coach, who's exactly the same that Wagner was beforehand. Which is bizarre, right? Like I, I, I know it really worked with Wagner, but it is a little bit like, well, you know what? It, it worked well, last time. Maybe yeah. maybe we'll try, try it, it again. again right? yeah. I just I don't know if it's going to work, but there may be a new manager bounce, so there may be a little bit. I can see next week we'll be sat in here and Everton have lost to Millwall in the FA Cup <laughs> and lost to Huddersfield and Jeff will be back and it'll be brilliant. Yeah, I'd quite enjoy that. Um, let's, uh, we're running out of time so let's touch on Spurs quickly because Spurs scraped past Fulham in the last minute with Harry Winks's, uh goal out of nowhere. Um, but Spurs are in a pickle. They've got no Kane, no Son, no Ali. Um, six weeks. Ali's, Ali's out for six weeks. Yeah. Um And they've got the win against Fulham but they're really struggling for players. They're still in the FA Cup this week. They've got Palace away. If I was Spurs I'd just flunk it. Just go have it. They've got the Champions League coming up. Which is massive. Yeah.
1: Uh, Loriente didn't look convincing in oh the game. He's got a good own goal. He did, uh, I brought him into my fantasy Premier League team this <laughs> week, and I was because I was, you know, going for a little bit of left field. Yeah. I was like, he's going to play. He's going to you know, play. Yeah. He's very cheap, and I thought, you know, he's going to get chances. Scored an own goal, <laughs> and then fluffed a couple of great headed chances. Yeah. I think to, you know, I suppose to be to be fair to him, he hasn't played football. Hasn't played a competitive game for so long to come in and just and they they've sort of backed him in after the game although they they're starting to get players back too and I, I I agree yeah. with you and they're in a bit of a pickle but Lucas Moura is about to come back Dyer um, is in training again so they are getting players back we talked about I was talking to a mate at work today about it he's a Spurs fan um, if you're Spurs what do you do like Levy's notorious for you know not wanting to spend money yeah, um, or leaving it till the last minute. But if you're Spurs, who do you go out and buy? Because if you're going to buy someone, you, you don't want a stopgap. You want someone that when all your players are fit, is going to be challenging and pushing them for a position in the team or is good enough to actually push them out of the team. But that's going to cost quite a lot of money. Um, you don't want someone that's just going to give you squad depth, but they're never quite... Cut be it. good enough. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's so like...
0: difficult. And Spurs, I think, is a unique scenario because they have a small squad where fundamentally everyone plays pretty much. And then there's yeah. a few tweaks. If someone's injured, someone comes in. Someone's injured, someone comes in. But no one wants to be Harry Kane's backup. Like, you almost have to have an old striker who just sits there and goes, oh, I'll turn up. And then Lorente's got no chance of being good for the first two games because no. you need a run of games. Um, they're in a really awkward position of who do they sign because they don't, they never spend massive so they're not going to go and buy a Mo Salah or whatever. They're just, they're in a really sticky position. Um, if you're Spurs though, I could I have complete faith that they're going to still finish third. I don't think they'll drop or anything. I think Pochettino will be fine and they'll finish third. Which I is
1: just, still amazing. Like Let's not forget incredible. how good, it's a two horse race is yeah. this, I yeah. think, now. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about how good Liverpool and City are you know in another era or you know in a number of seasons past Spurs would be you know out in front and I I think if you're a Spurs fan again I don't think you can take it for granted like Spurs are very Spursy and if they can become a Champions League regular which they're doing under Pochettino I think that's that's an achievement that's a massive
0: achievement Um, let's run through a couple of quick ones um Newcastle beat Cardiff 3-0 because Rafa Benitez wins the games he needs to win. Yes. I just love that so much. Yeah. She's like, oh, I don't need to win that game. Yeah, done. And Good.
1: two goals from the centre-back.
0: Yeah, Shah. Yeah,
1: and people have talked about it being a great goal, his first one. I thought it was awful. He basically just...
0: Oh, the one where he rumbles through it. Yeah, like, he kind of just everyone. like
1: walked through yeah. um, and like the, the Red Sea parted and then he just bobbled it in the corner. Do you know, he's the first Newcastle defender to score two goals... Since who?
0: Philippe Albert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love Philippe Philippe Albert. Albert was the best. I'll always remember that chip against oh, United. Oh, against United. <laughs> oh. Um, Newcastle next game play Man City at home. So Benitez will not win that game. So he was already given up on that game.
1: Yeah. But it was, I mean, it's a big win for him because it gets him out of the relegation zone. Um, yeah. Which is why we we thought they'd win. Yeah. Um, yeah I.
0: Uh, and a couple of wonder goals. Rashford scored a great goal. Like, yeah, it was an absolutely great goal. Also, Callum Wilson scored a great goal for Bournemouth. Yeah. Now, if you talking of if you were going to sign players, would you buy Callum Wilson for seventy five million? No, he's not no? that good. I think he's a middle of the road Premier League striker, but he scores Premier League goals. He's a goal scorer. Yeah. Like, if you if you, if you pay twenty seven million. million, but if you pay twenty seven million for Schenk Tossen you pay 40 million for Richarlison you pay Giroud cost 18 million from Arsenal Lukaku cost 90 million like where does he fit in that bracket he's nearer Lukaku like he scores 15 goals a season in the Premier League like 26 yeah I think he's got plenty of time in him like if you can guarantee he's going to score your goals he may not be technically as good as some of the others but he's going to get your goals in the Premier
1: League I think he's worth every penny maybe money doesn't matter as much anymore but I mean, where do you put Rashford in that then?
0: Well that's a lot of money Rashford <laughs> Rashford would go for a hundred
1: plus like Rashford's uh, he's scored more goals in the same time in his career now as Ronaldo had so he's played yes. 152 games for United now and has scored um, you know 40 odd goals and Ronaldo only had 30 which yeah. I think puts it in perspective He, uh, I loved his goal he nearly scored a similar goal earlier on too and I yeah. love that that he now he's got confidence he's playing every week yeah. he tried something it didn't come off but then he tries it again and he scored and like he's you know they talk about a player being able to um, go around someone in the phone box and like yeah. his his feet oh, are brilliant and, and I forgot yeah because of everything happening with United and him not being able to try stuff, I actually forgot about these things, and it's so nice just to see him having the freedom and the confidence to be brilliant, to, to be brilliant, and go yeah. and do it and win games for them. And he's only twenty one. He's only twenty one. that's his four, um, fourth goal in a row. In a row, um, Martial uh, got five in a row earlier in the season. Scored six goals in five games, five games yeah. in a row, which is the best anyone's done this year. Yeah, wow. So Rashford can equal that. I, I just went down a bit of a rabbit hole and was looking oh, I was like, that's pretty good. But uh, there's a guy in Italy who um, plays for Sampdoria. Quagliarella. Uh, yeah, Quagliarella, huh? yeah, yeah. 36. Yes. But, and only started getting good when he was about 34. Yeah. But uh, he scored um, for 10 games in a row. And wow. this weekend will go for his 11th. Uh, a bit of a Jamie Vardy. Which would equal the Serie A record.
0: Batty Stuto? Bat- batty goals.
1: Oh, of course. <laughs> 94, 95. <laughs> um,
0: on Quaggirella, and we definitely haven't got time for it now, but we should do a Quaggirella special. He is an amazing player. like He scores wonder goals, um, and some of the goals he scored this year has been incredible. Maybe Spurs should sign. Yeah, yeah, it would be perfect for Spurs. <laughs> but he, and I'm going to touch on this story, and then everyone's going to go, what? And then, but he got stalked for five or six years of his life. Um, and was basically threatened for five or six years of his career when he was playing for Napoli um, and it just completely ruined his men, uh, mental state ruined the, his ability to play football and he could have been the best striker in Italy during that time and it had a whole horrible his scenario of his, should have been his peak and yeah yeah and, uh, and so he's come out the other side and he's, that whole stalking thing has been sorted and it's like proper TV show story like yeah but it's, it's a long story, but yeah, it's proper TV show stuff. And um, he's come out the other side of it and now he's just playing, enjoying his football and playing brilliantly. Yeah, smashing him in at 36. Great. Um, rog, let's, uh, you wanted to do a bit of a championship update or a little bit of a Bristol City love-in for you? Well, I didn't really want to do a championship update. It's
1: more just an excuse to say how good Bristol City are. They're um,
0: sitting seventh in the championship right now, one spot off
1: the playoffs. Yeah, and they've got the second... Uh, longest unbeaten run in English football, currently. 11 games. Who are they behind? Um, Liverpool? No, no Liverpool. it can't be Liverpool. I don't actually know. No. I no. just know. I yeah. just read that it's the second on yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, but uh, I... City are going well. And I think they, they have a good young manager um, in Lee Johnson. And he's... Um, just been out to Leipzig to go and uh, do uh, take part in a few training sessions oh, with nice. Leipzig and their coach to see how how, um, they do how they do stuff. And he's also been to Michelin star restaurant earlier in the season to see how they do things. And he's um, done oh, a, okay. done a shift in A and E to see wow. how things work oh, in A and E. And so I just yeah he's thirty seven, which is pretty young. Yeah. for he played at Bristol City, under yeah. his dad, as you know. Um, but I just—we've uh, got a pretty young squad. I don't think Bristol City are going to get promoted. I'd love it if they did, but you look at some of the other teams around them in the Championship, um, and it's such a tight league. But I just—I um, love the fact that they're up there because, you, I mean, you, you look at the the top six at the moment in the Championship: so Leeds, Norwich, West Brom, Sheffield United, Middlesbrough, Derby. They're all massive, big clubs, clubs. Yeah. like big, big clubs. Like it's, you know, pick a pick a winner out of that. Like I mean, uh, Leeds and Norwich have both slipped a bit recently. Um, I really like West Brom. Um, I love that they gave Darren Moore the yeah. um, permanent job, and he's doing a great job there this year. I I would actually I think West Brom might come back up. Um, they've they've got a you know got a bit of money and decent squad, but yeah, just. Um, Continues to be very very tight. The um
0: in eighth to fifteenth, there's two points. So we think yeah. the the Everton Cup in the Premier League is good. The Everton Cup in the Championship is way better, yeah. which holds top of at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's a ridiculous league. It's so good. Um, let's move on to some side stories. Do you want to talk about? Uh, well, I'm going to talk about Usain Bolt first because if no one's heard, Usain Bolt's sporting career is officially over. <laughs>
1: They actually retired? Did they use the word retired? He said he's
0: basically given up on making any effort of being a sports person of any kind, whether it's athletics or football. So his football career is over with two pre season friendlies for Central Coast Mariners, (laughs) two goals, and a hell of a lot of publicity. Yes, and a lot of money, probably. Yeah. But I think he's now just going to go and watch England against the West Indies cricket uh, and just chill out in the Caribbean. Do you think he damaged the A
1: League? That whole stint damaged the the A League brand? I think the A than... League's
0: in a massive pickle and it's a part of the pickle. It's the yeah, it's definitely something that didn't help this season. This season, if you look at the A League this year, they're 15 games in and they've got 13 games left, 12 games left and the top 6 are 10 points ahead of the bottom 4. So the top 6 already decided for the finals so now we're halfway through the season it's all over basically and it's just underwhelming they played a A-League game on Tuesday night Melbourne City against Western Sydney which is 4-3 4-3-3. and a last minute thriller like great but no five, one knows 5,000 5, people yeah. there yeah and you're, face... you're against the Australian Open tennis you're against obviously the Premier League and other sports that are going on no it's summer no one cares like Yes, I think you're almost better fighting AFL in winter than fighting t- the summer. <laughs> so, like... Yeah, OK. I think they may be... That, they've got that bit wrong. And it's really hard. Like, I struggle playing football when it's 27 degrees. They're playing in, like, 35. 35, yeah. And you're not going to get quality football. So, it's... Yeah, the whole product needs a.
1: It, it's funny because I've been listening to you talk about this a bit recently, and I think this is the first time that I actually have seen you question the A League a bit. Yeah, like, yeah. normally you've always been like, football will always win in the end. Yeah, okay. These, these other sports are crap. Yeah. Football's too big to fail in Australia. Mm. You know, the kids are playing it. Yeah, I've always it, said it, I it, think it, it, it will, will work. Yeah. And I kind of feel like recently, and I think that that's an indictment on the way that the. Um, games being run in this country in the last few years like it's just it's, they, they, they had the ability to kick on but they just yep. made a lot of shit decisions in a short period of time and now I reckon they've probably put the game back 10 years yeah
0: they've gone they built up and they got to a point and there was the Del Piero time and stuff and there was a point that it was good and David Villa came in from Melbourne City money came in and there was this moment of this could be pushing on to something great they've gone back to year one and they've got to start again and that's fucked um, do you have any other side stories
1: uh, my going from one monkey league to another um, <laughs> uh, sorry Simon but uh, Scotland now yes. in Scotland we talk about they getting excited about a title race for the first time in a long time yes monarch are doing well and in Scotland the top four are separated by three points oh wow now this is a league where only two clubs have won it since 1979. <laughs> that's amazing. So this is a big yeah. event in Scottish football, the fact that there are four teams up there challenging. I mean, Rangers have obviously got a lot of publicity because Stephen Gerrard's come in. Now, I must admit, I don't really follow Scottish football. Yeah. Um, and I haven't been looking at this, but I think that's great. It's awesome. But although the only thing was, I thought, that's really good. But then I thought, is that because the other teams have got better? Or is it just that because of what happened with Rangers, Celtic have had no one pushing them. So Celtic have also got worse. And Celtic so they sold their best player. Celtic sold their best player. So the whole standard has got worse. And Celtic have actually come back to the field rather than your
0: Aberdeens and um, other clubs improving. Yeah, Greece. I think so. I do think Rangers have improved under Gerrard um, and Steve Clark, uh, ex Chelsea assistant. And he was West Brom manager for a bit, he's yeah. a manager at Kilmarnock. And he's done really well. And he's a good coach. He's just made young players good.
1: And Derek McInnes
0: at Aberdeen,
1: you know, he's also, he's been... Yeah, he's done really well. for a while and doing well. But yeah, I just, um, there is a title race in Scotland. There's a four-way title race, which is great. Yeah. Um,
0: Do you have anything else before we go on to end feature? No, I don't think I do. Well, now, usually this would be where Jeff would play us a brand new song for end feature. Are you going to sing? I I, I can't sing, much, (laughs) So we'll just go on to last week's results, which... uh, we both won so we both bet on Newcastle to win and I bet on Man City to win at minus 2 against Huddersfield you bet on them to win both halves so we both won and that's good I really thought this was going to be the week where all three maybe the first time ever that all three of us have won
1: and I looked at the results and I'm like yes we've all won and then I saw your message Jeff
0: bet on Man City to win but at minus 3 so they won 3-0 so they did not win so that leaves it with uh, Roger on three hundred and eighty bucks, I'm on two hundred bucks, and Jeff's on forty seven dollars. But it does also mean when do he... I thought he was on eighteen? When did he get up to forty seven? No, one won a few weeks ago. Well, Once so he's had two wins now. Yeah, two on... wins all season. That passed me by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it does mean that we're back to evens. We're four dollars behind for the whole year, so we're basically yes. on evens. Um, but do you have a bet ready for this week uh, I
1: do um, it's a bit of a funny week because um, there's FA Cup at the weekend obviously yes. um, which is what I've gone with for my bet um, the big game in the FA Cup is on Friday night yes, uh, which is Bristol City versus oh, I know. Arsenal. Arsenal Man United, I know <laughs> Arsenal Man United. Uh, I've bet on uh, there to be both teams to score in Arsenal Man United yeah, nice. Um, I think that there'll be goals in the game. It might be only one all, but I've just got a feeling that both teams attack but and they defend and it will be yeah. both score. Um, and I've gone Wolves to beat Shrewsbury away Yeah, uh, at minus one. Wow. I think okay. Wolves are a chance for the FA Cup. And I think that... It would make
0: sense for them to go
1: for it. Take this game seriously. It's also a local derby yeah okay Uh, so I think they'll sort of have to be up for it and that's uh, paying $4.11
0: nice Um, I've got Jeff's bet he sent it through earlier he did say it is a uh, rage bet because (laughs) of the scenario Everton are in right now so he's bet on QPR to beat Portsmouth away from home in the FA Cup and he's bet on Millwall to beat Everton in the FA Cup and that's paying $12.96 wow so it's a huge bet, and I kind of hope it happens just for Jeff's numbers to improve, but it's not going to happen. Um, now I've also bet on the FA Cup, and I can't remember what I bet on. So let's have a look. Sorry, everyone. So I, oh no, I have yeah. I bet on Watford to beat Newcastle in the FA Cup. Okay. Because Newcastle going to throw the game. Newcastle don't care about the FA Cup, and Raff will win the games he wants to win. And for the same reason of you say about wolves going for the FA Cup, I think Watford will look yeah. at the FA Cup and I, go, "Why not?" Yeah, I agree, and I mean because they're both in a similar
1: position in the league and they're safe and maybe going for seventh. But yeah. I think it, if they go for the FA Cup, it's two. Both those clubs then have two avenues to get into Europe. They'll both be eyeing off seventh as a way in, um, depending on how things fall yeah. in Europe. But um, also the FA Cup, and you know they'll look at things like well, Arsenal, Liverpool are out. Um, Arsenal and United are playing each other there's another one gone like all of a sudden yeah. yeah as long
0: as you avoid Man City you can go quite far and then I've also bet on Marcus Rashford to score against Arsenal oh I'm going for the five in a row yes all right. I reckon he's going to score because it was paying $3.27 which is a lot Rashford to score just, just Rashford for... to score a goal any time I was like that's a lot like there was Lukaku in there for $1.80 and I was like do you you have not updated this. Do, do they know bedding? something that we don't? Like that? Yeah, that's yeah. a lot. I
1: agree. It's um, I yeah. I wish I would have seen that. <laughs> so that's paying seven dollars eighty for yeah, those two. On.
0: So hopefully that comes off. But uh, I'd should... like it if it
1: did too. Like, I'm just enjoying the ride with Rashford at the moment oh, it's, it's like what you know, watching a kid that's been unhappy for weeks and weeks and weeks, yeah. and then suddenly like, ooh. suddenly he's got this freedom to play, and you're like, fuck, he is so good. Yeah. Um, you got anything before we go? Uh, no Jeff you're useless but he'll be back yeah but. Jeff
0: next week uh, don't organise your work meeting on the same night as the pod uh, thanks for listening everyone we will be back next week um, as always if you want to get in touch shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com or find us on social media just search Shed podcast and don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribe and tell your mates thanks everyone we'll see you soon bye right us a jingle bye. jingle bye jingle jingle bye,
1: bye.